Um, and for those that are watching us online, we praise God for your presence in the house. Also, for those that are, have bags, hold on to your bags um, as far as uh, your items are concerned. We're so appreciative that you have brought them here. Hold on to them because this is part of our stewardship demonstration. Brothers of Pi Fat, thank God, thank you, my Omega brothers. Who will be speaking on behalf of the chapter today? Who's handling that? I'm gonna come over and holler at my, my cues. Let's give the Lord the praise he so richly and rightfully deserve as we gather in the sanctuary to celebrate and to worship our God. How many of you all are glad to be in the service one more time? Amen, amen, amen. What a wonderful, blessed opportunity it is for us to come to the Lord's house. And as we make our way into worship, we have people that are joining us online as well as in person. And so we thank God for you. For those that are watching us on Facebook, YouTube, Vimeo, or engage in our live chat room, our church website, welcome to St. Paul online. Our digital ministers and social media influencers are ready to engage you this morning. So real quick, we want to invite you to share this experience, share this experience with others. If you're watching us on Facebook, share on your personal timeline and tag those you want to invite within the post. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel and text this link to your personal network. And if you're in the chat room on our church website, click the invite button in your chat window to share this experience with others. Also, if you're watching us on YouTube, Facebook, or our church website, just put in the city and state where you're watching us from. We want to give you a shout out online. We're greatly appreciative of your presence. And also, if you want to, take a selfie and post that selfie uh, if you're watching us as far as online is concerned and uh, put it in your space as well. We're looking forward to the Lord doing something extraordinary today. And so we thank God for each and every one of your presence. Amen. So if we could, let's put our hands together. Let's give God praise as Minister Erica Minor comes to lead us in worship. With our hands lifted up and our mouths filled with praise, with hearts 
of thanksgiving. Let us bless the Lord this morning. Let us bless the Lord for his splendid and majestic works. Let us bless the Lord because he is a God of provision. God has been good to us this year. He has brought us thus far. Let us praise the Lord for his righteousness endures forever. Forever. That is the God that we serve. If you are willing and able, stand to your feet this morning and praise God as our choir leads us in rejoicing our Savior. Amen. scripture reading will come from John chapter 8, John chapter 8 verses 31 through 36. And as you're turning in your word, for those of you who are uh, worshiping with us on our online platforms, if you're able, uh, post in the chat where you're worshiping with us from or share the link with uh, one of your friends, relatives, whoever you know that may not have been able to participate in worship, uh, we want them to be blessed by the word of God today as well. John chapter 8, verses 31 through 36 reads, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. 
They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Amen. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. Let us go to God in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, we are grateful. Our hearts are full of thanksgiving this morning. We come here to worship you for all that you are because you are the great I am. Lord, we are grateful to be in the presence one more time to worship you and lift up praises in your name. Lord, we thank you for already being here. You met us in the sanctuary this morning. You made time for us to pour down blessings and just be in the midst of your people, Lord. We are thankful that you are already here. Lord, we ask that you bless this worship experience, that everything that is done during this hours that we are together, that it be done only to magnify you, only to glorify you, to lift you up, that everything be pleasing in your sight, Lord. Lord, bless the songs that are sang, the word that is preached, the prayers that are prayed, in each and every heart in here, that it may be transformed for your glory. Lord, we thank you and we honor you and we love you on this day, Lord. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may have your seats. Glory to your name, God. 
your name. We bow ourselves. You're worthy, God. We give you the glory. Glory, 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 glory,
need some praises in the house that don't mind magnifying the name of our Lord. If he woke you up this morning and if he started you on your way, you should not have any problem giving God the glory and giving God the honor and giving God the praise. We magnify your name, oh God. In other words, in the earth realm, we make your name large. In the earth realm, we light you up. In the earth realm, we set your name on fire. Glorify. Oh God. Somebody said praise. this morning just lift up those hands and just magnify him it's what I do oh come on 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 praise is what I do praise praise is what I need the redeem of the Lord to give our God the very best praise that you have right now. Let the redeem of the Lord say so. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 I said hallelujah. It's a good day to be alive. And it's a good day to be in church. And it's a good day to be online. And it's a good day to tell God. Right now is a great time to tell the Lord thank you. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord if you can. Good morning, disciples of St. Paul. And good morning to those who are visiting with us. We greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Before we get started, I just want to let you all know that we are uh, we have our youth and children's worship experience going on right now. So anyone between the ages of 5 to 18, uh, if you would like for them to go to children's youth and children church, we invite you. You can stand up, head out the um, uh, to the back, and someone will direct you to, youth, uh, to our youth and children's church in the other sanctuary. So if you're between the age of 5 to 18, amen. Come on, let's give God praise for our young people. Minister Joshua Jordan is handling those responsibilities. Amen. And so make sure that they get checked in and make sure that they get uh, to the right place. God bless you. Amen. We have a full day today uh, before the preaching moment. And there are just several things I want to do um, before uh, we uh, get to, of course, um, offering and things of that sort. First of all... I want to have all the veterans, all the veterans that are in our sanctuary, in our midst right now. Would you please stand up? All the veterans, all the veterans. Can we celebrate our veterans? St. Paul, come on, let's put our hands together. Let's celebrate our veterans. Oh, we could do a whole lot better than that. Let's celebrate our veterans. We want to thank you. 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 We want to thank you so much for your service as far as our country is concerned. And um, where is Karen? I don't see Karen. Where Karen? Where Karen? Oh, she ain't here? All right. Well, then Sharon, stand up. So Sharon, next Sunday, 
all the beds be in the house, I'm going to have something for you. All right. All right. All the beds uh, come to the house. If you're in church, I got something for you. All right. I got something for you because we had so much stuff going on today. It slipped my mind, but I'm going to have something for you next Sunday. All right. All right. Let's give God praise for our veterans again. I just also want to remind us that um, we have the toy, toy drive application process that is going on. Um, and anyone that have any questions, see Reverend uh, Bernie. We're trying to raise uh, $7,000 in donations for toys and bikes for Toys for Tots. And um, uh, they are expecting really low numbers this year, so we want to fill that gap. Uh, Reverend Bernie is going to be in this office Monday through Thursday from 5 to 8 p.m. for parents and guardians to stop by and turn in applications or pick up applications, or you can see him on Sunday. The other thing I want to remind you is that we uh, got our last Thankful Thursday coming up on this Thursday. This past Thursday, the Reverend Dr. John Adolph preached us under the table. Absolutely extraordinary. And so this Sunday, not Sunday, this Thursday, we have Reverend Tolan Morgan uh, from Warner's Robins, um, uh, Georgia, who's going to bless us as far as uh, Thankful Thursday is concerned. And we will be having dinner for those of us, those that will be joining us in person. And if you plan to attend in-person worship service, if you're planning to come to church, grab a bite to eat, and then you can come and worship with us uh, at 7 o'clock. We'll be serving meals from 5 to 6.30. Also, our... Marriage Ministry is having a marriage tune-up on December the 9th at 7 o'clock p.m. Um, it's a virtual event for married and engaged couples. Um, Pierre and I are going to offer uh, just some conversation uh, as we share with couples uh, to help them to keep the fire burning. Amen. So come and interact with us on uh, that, that, uh, that Friday, December the 9th at 7 o'clock um, p.m. Because all of our marriages can use some tune-up. Amen? Amen. 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 Uh, I think that's all I'm going to share right now because uh, we have a lot that's, that's going on. Let me, um, first and foremost, um, I want to introduce um, the brothers of... Uh, Omega Sci-Fi, and particularly the Pi-Fi chapter uh, here in Charlotte, North Carolina, the largest financial chapter in all of Omega, 400 plus strong that are financially active. Amen. And um, when, I, when I came here six years ago, they have embraced me. Many of them knew me from when I was district representative for the 8th district during uh, the time of our centennial, and they have been very gracious to me. I am so humbled and honored that they would take time out to come and worship with us today here at St. Paul. This is the beginning of our Achievement Week, our Founders Week, and we got a lot of things that will be taking place, but particularly on Wednesday night, there's a financial literacy um, a conference that's going to be taking place at Johnson C. Smith that we want to invite you to. I'll share a little bit more about that, but I'm going to ask that if one of the brothers will come and greet the St. Paul Church on behalf of the Omegas. 
who will handle that. Amen. Come on up. Just give them. Yeah, just get that mic. Come on up here, my brother. Amen. I want folks to see you. Because it's a whole lot of alphas around here, man. Sean, Sean, there's a whole lot of alphas, and they've been ragging me. It's all right. Yeah, and, and that's one of them. Yeah, yeah, they, they've been bothered. You take your mask off. I want to see face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The brothers are in the house. All right. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, St. Paul. Good morning. Good morning, St. Paul. Good morning. On behalf of the brothers of Omega Psi Phi Fraternity Incorporated Pi Phi Chapter, our bossless brother Carl Johnson Jr., immediate past bossless brother Mac Mac McDonald. We want to say thank you for allowing us this opportunity to worship with you in your house today. And just to our brothers who are alphas, and just to let you know, and we're going to keep it, we're going to keep it real, he was the alpha and the omega. The beginning and the end. He said it started out this way, but this is how it ended. So my brother, would you please stand? representing 111 years of success. Omega Psi Phi Fraternity Incorporated. But we love all our D9 brothers and sisters. All love in Christ, all in one. But thank you, Pastor Scott. Thank you again for allowing us into the house of the Lord one more time to share this experience with you. Amen. Y'all hear Scott trying to sneak in an alpha hymn. And see, this is what I got, brothers, this is what I got to deal with every, every Sunday. That sounds out of key. This is why I got to help people to understand about the D9. We can rag on each other 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But if you ain't part of that crew, don't come for us. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah, you don't want that smoke. All right. Okay. Um, so, so thank you to, to the brothers of Omega, particularly the Pathfinder chapter and all of the Omegas. And um, we have lunch for you and your guests uh, immediately following this worship service in the gym and we'll have someone to uh, escort you to that place um, and we'll have fellowship there the other thing that I want to do that I'm so so delighted and so proud of the St. Paul Church is to I want to present uh, Reverend Tony Marciano and I'm going to ask that he will make his way to the pulpit uh, he is the CEO of the Charlotte Rescue Mission. Did you bring? Okay. He's the CEO of the Charlotte Rescue Mission. And um, he's going to come and I'm going to allow for him to share uh, at this time. And then we're going to present him a check um, for, and they're building a $25 million facility. Um, and he's going to talk about that for a few moments. And we're going to present a check from St. Paul 
for $55,000 to help them in that endeavor. Now, I don't, I don't want to put anybody on the spot, but this is what I want to do. do. Do I have anybody in here who has been helped by the Charlotte Rescue Mission? Anybody in here that, that has been helped by Charlotte Rescue? If you've been helped by Charlotte Rescue, okay. When I get ready to present this check, do you mind coming up and standing with me as I present the check? Anybody that's, that's been helped by Charlotte Rescue, I want you all to come up and uh, take a picture with us. And I also want the chair of my deacons, uh, Sister Doc Barnes, and the chair of, of our board of directors, Sister Gwendolyn Garnett, to come as well, uh, representing uh, the entities as far as the church and congregation are concerned. All right? Okay. First of all, I want to thank the church at St. Paul's Baptist Church for your generous donation to the, it's called the Miracle at Cedar Street Campaign. You know, the world says that if somebody is using drugs seven days a week and they use it six days a week, that's successful. But the last time I checked is that my God hung on a cross for me for three hours to do more than redeem my soul, but to make sure that the years that the locusts have devoured will not continue on. But instead, the vision that we have at Charlotte Rescue Mission for the people that we serve is that they could achieve their greatest God-given potential as if all the insanity... All the abuse, all the trauma of their life has never occurred. We want them to thrive. We want them to become employees with a dream of becoming business owners and tenants with a dream of becoming homeowners. We want them to become all that God originally created them to be, except that there's a verse in the Old Testament that talks about, in my mother's womb I was intricately and wonderfully made. And somewhere between that verse and the, and the person who presents themselves as Charlotte Rescue Mission is a host of trauma and abuse and insanity that led to a life of addiction and homelessness. And we've said, that's not the end, God. We want them to achieve all you've created them to be. So thank you for standing with us. Thank you for allowing us to, together, to proclaim this vision that God can do more than just reduce the amount of time somebody uses alcohol and drugs. But again, that they can become a thriving part of the fabric of society. So on behalf of the hundreds of folks that will walk through the doors of Charlotte Rescue Mission. Thank you so much. So if you don't mind, just for a moment, um, again, chair of our deacons ministry, as well as the chair of our board of directors, and anyone in here um, who has been helped by Charlotte Rescue Mission, if you don't feel... Um, uh, out of sorts about coming to take this picture. I want folks to see the work, the ministry that they're doing and what we're contributing to giving lift as far as that's concerned. Amen. Amen. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up. Tony. Um, I'm going to ask uh, Sister Gwen and Sister Dot if y'all will hold the chair. Uh, oh. Oh, it's upside down. 
Yeah, Tony, try taking this to the bank and cashing it. <laughs> Come on up. All right. You can take your mask off and hold your breath. Um, Brother Tony, that is a check, the real check for $55,000 from the wonderful disciples and friends of the St. Paul Church for the work that you're doing as far as uh, Charlotte Rescue. And thank you for your vision. Thank you for taking time out to come and worship with us today. And uh, we continue to pray for your success, but we also want to put our money where our prayers are. So thank you again. Let's give God praise. Give yourselves a round of applause. Amen. Amen. God is great and greatly to be praised. Thank you all for your patience. We're getting ready. We're getting ready to now um, uh, go to the Lord in prayer. And I'm going to ask uh, that... Um, Minister Erica Minor will come and get ready to lead us in prayer. Um, I want us to be mindful of, um, we want to lift up Deacon Octavius Williams, whose son died last Sunday, 25 years old. And we want to flank him and his family in our prayers. Those services will be this Saturday. Here at the church, quiet hour at 11, service at noon. We also want to lift up the family of Brother Christopher Hallman, grandson of Disciple Princess Colbreth. His services were yesterday at the House of Rosedale here in Charlotte. The brother of August Stripling, Jr., the father of Disciple Shannon Wade Mills. And the family of Sister Gwendolyn Caldwell, the wife of Disciple Larry Caldwell. Of course, her services were several days ago. We continue to lift up. Our pastor emeritus, Dr. Paul Drummond and his wife, Sister Thomasina, uh, Victoria Curitan, Ruth Lockett, uh, Reverend Paul Miller, and Ernest Mubaugh. And there may be other names and other situations you want to lift up uh, as well. And so you can do that in your particular place and space. But we're going to go to the Lord in prayer at this time, and uh, Minister Minor will lead us in that prayer. Let us go to God in prayer. Our God, we come to you humbly, trusting you for everything. Lord, we come to you knowing that you hold our hand each and every day as we walk through this journey called life. Lord, we thank you for the breath in our lungs. Lord, we thank you for your love. Lord, we thank you for the families that you have blessed us with and for each and every person that is sitting next to us on our pews. For each and every person that is in this sanctuary and an extension of us online as well, Lord. We thank you for us. We thank you for our lives. We thank you for the work that you've given us. We thank you for finding purpose in us. Lord, we come to you with humble hearts and also with heavy hearts. 
Lord, the names of those who are going through grief and sorrow right now, they have been mentioned and lifted up to you, Lord. And we want to ask extra special blessings on them. We want to ask for your healing and for your comfort on them as they go through these trying times of the loss of loved ones. We know that it is all in your hands. We know that you are still in control, but Lord, heal their hearts as they go through the hurt of missing loved ones that they didn't expect to lose in the last couple of weeks, Lord. We ask that you touch their hearts, that you soften the pain as the days, weeks, and years go by, Lord. Lord, bless each and every one of us that as their brothers and sisters in Christ, that we don't forget about their suffering, that we don't forget about their pain, and that we remember to reach out and keep them in our prayers, Lord. Lord, we, we want to be the good brothers and sisters that they need. We want to show them the love of God each and every day as they go through. Lord, the names that are scrolling on our prayer list, those that are in the hospitals, those that are in hospice, those that just don't feel well and can't leave the house, Lord, we ask that you reach out to them also, Lord, that you be by their bedsides, that you be in the hospital rooms, that you be with the doctors as they read reports and go through diagnosis. Lord, give each and every medical provider attention to detail as they care for our brothers and sisters. Don't let them be dismissive in those hospital rooms and dismiss them and write them off and tell them worst case scenario. Let them work hard to take care of them, Lord. But in the meantime, we know that you are already there, that you are working it out, that you are there with the family members that are caring for them, that you are there with them as their bodies are in pain, as their bodies are suffering, as they start to feel weak and don't know if they're going to get another day, Lord. Let them know that you haven't let go of their hand and that you are still there, Lord. We trust you for everything, Lord. Even when we feel like we're getting a little weak, even when we feel like we can't do it another day, Lord. Lord, press on our hearts, press on our minds, and help us to remember that you've done so much for us already and that when we had hard times last time, that you were there with us in those moments too, Lord. Help us to remember how good you are and that you are able and that you are almighty, Lord. Lord, we ask that you reach out to those who are suffering in states of Florida and Georgia as they are recovering from Hurricane Ian and subtropical storm Nicole. Lord, touch them as they go through so much as they are trying to rebuild homes and clean out floodwaters. Lord, if there's anything that we can do, help us to know how we can be of help to others so that we can show them the love of God and show them that we are servants of the Lord. Lord, we ask that you reach out and that you cover those that are in countries that are still going through wars, that are still going through hunger. We ask that you cover them as well. We know that we can only do so much, but we serve a mighty God, and we know that you can do all things, and we trust in you to cover them as well, Lord. Lord, we thank you for all that you're doing in this church and all that you're using us for, how we're able to bless the communities near and far with provisions that they don't have, how we are able to be a resource, and we know that's all possible because of you. Lord, help us to do even more for people everywhere that we know are suffering, Lord. Don't let us turn a blind eye. And when we do, when we don't do as much as we can, but we ask that you forgive us and help us to love our neighbors even more the next time we have an opportunity to do for them. Lord, bless our pastor and bless his family, Lord, as they continue to serve and do your will, Lord. Bless the members of the St. Paul Church that we continue to walk in the steps that you have ordered for us so that we can 
be all that you would have us to be and do all that you would have us to do, Lord. We thank you for the St. Paul Baptist Church and all the years that we have been able to be a pillar in this community. Lord, we thank you for all that you are, the provisions and the protection that you have bestowed upon us. Lord, we love you and we trust you and all that we have already lifted up. We know that it will be done according to your will. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you believe that God is answering that prayer, can you give God praise? Amen. 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 It is offering time. It is offering time. However, before we receive the Lord's offering, many of you have that are part of our church have brought um, canned goods. These canned goods, these items, are going to go to help us to provide Thanksgiving meals for persons that are in the Belmont community in particular and to help our food pantry in general. And since I've been here, I, I do this demonstration um, and we're going to do it again today. We've been told in the word of God, um, I'm talking about tithing, stewardship. And um, here at St. Paul, our giving has increased, but we only have maybe about 15 to 20% of the people that are doing almost 80% of the giving. Absolutely incredible. Could you imagine what would happen if we had 50% of people that were tithing? Or if we had 100% of the people that made the commitment to tithe. Now, I know some folks say, well, 10% is a whole lot. A whole lot, Reverend. That's, that's, that's a whole lot. But when you look at the collective, it's not much. And it's the starting point of giving, not the end all. Um, when you give beyond the tithe, you, you're really moving into what I call supernatural territory for the Lord to do something extraordinary in your life. The Bible says bring your tithes and offerings. And so what I want us to do today is, of course, we have three tables before us. The center table is God's table. And what I want you to do is if you have 10 items, 10 items, I want you to take out one item. I want you to take out one item. And you can put that one item on God's table. And then you're going to put the other nine on our table. God's table is what the church has. Our table is what we have as individuals that the Lord allows for us or encourages us to keep. And in just a moment, I'm going to have you to come and bring your, your can offering to the Lord. So first lady and I, we're going to be the first ones to give. So this is. That belongs to God. And the rest, I'm going to put on this table. And I'm going to ask First Lady to come and do the same thing. And then we're going to have the rest of you all to come and uh, bring your gifts unto the Lord. And if you want to, you can keep them in the bag for uh, easy transport. We're going to need some men after service to um, help us uh, to gather these gifts and give them back to the Lord. So, if 
you're on this side, come to this table. If you're on this side, come to this table and uh, bring your gifts, your canned goods to the Lord at this time. If you can't put it, if you can't put it on the table, put it on the side. Put it on the side, put it in front. We want folks to see how you're trying to bless the Lord. Thank you, thank you.
Now, I want you all to see something of what happens when the Lord asks for a dime out of every dollar, one dollar out of every ten. When we as a church give the way the Lord prescribes in the Bible, this is what God gets versus our table, as y'all can see, is overflowing. Somebody gonna catch that in just a moment. I have discovered, St. Paul, that God could do more with what we, what he asked for, that God could do more with the 10% than we ever could do trying to keep all 100%. And so we're preparing to, to give our offering at this time. I am told, told that Brother Frank Earl from PAFI have a donation. Um, if you will come at this time, Brother Earl, and, and share with us. And um, we're going to prepare to give unto the Lord, all right? Thank you, thank you, thank you. A small token of our appreciation, Reverend Scott, for the few members that are here today, just to give you a little something to show how we care and how we want to live the dream that you talk about. We have $1,140 that we have collected while here today. Hey, Deb, get this picture. Thank the brothers of Pi Five. Thank you, my brothers. Thank you, my brothers. Listen, we're getting ready to give, and thank you so much for your patience. Look at God's. Look at ours. Look at ours. Look at God. Now, let's prepare to give. There are several ways you can give here at St. Paul. You can send your check. Or money order to the church at 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte 28205. Or call the church and drop off cash. Check a money order at 33453, 33, well, 704-3345309. Just make sure that you call to make sure someone is here to receive your offering. The other way you can give is through our website, Church uh, Life or uh, ACS online. You can give through that. Or you can give through the app called Givelify. And if you don't have that app on your smart device, Download that app, connect it to your favorite credit card, and in three clicks, you can give. If you have a physical offering, for those that are on the outer edges of the aisle, there's a basket. And at the appropriate time, I'll tell you, you can take that basket, pass it down, and you can place your physical offering in that basket. Okay? Um, and so what I want to do, I do this demonstration, and we, we have this demonstration because I want to push us to become a 100% tithing, 100% giving church. And one thing I have discovered that the Lord has been blessing us because we've been so gracious and so generous to our community. Amen. Go ahead and give God praise for that. So I thank you all for following leadership um, as far as that's concerned and being a blessing to the Charlotte Rescue Mission as well as other entities that we give support to. So... 
However you're going to give, uh, if you would take your offering and if you're able, place it in your right hand and let's go to the Lord in prayer. We want to give God what's right, not what's left. And let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, thank you for the ability to serve you through giving. This is a part of our worship unto you. Bless these offerings. Bless this food that we have brought to help those that are less fortunate. And continue to get glory through our efforts and our works. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For those that have offerings, if you would, uh, take that basket, pass it down, and our account team will receive it. And at this time, we're in the hands of our praise team. Of my heart. I 
need all the grateful folks in the house. Give God a grateful praise. Now, if you don't have anything to be grateful for, you ain't got to give them praise. But if you know you have something to be grateful for, however you feel like giving him praise, if you just feel like lifting up your hand, lift up your hand. If you feel like putting them together, put those blessed, sanctified hands together. If you feel like shouting, go ahead and shout. Amen. I just need somebody that know that the Lord has blessed you beyond measure. Give him praise. Hallelujah. 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 That's it. That's it. Be grateful. Let's bless the Lord. Thanks to our uh, incredible music ministry for your gift of song. Amen. I want to um, call your attention. I want to continue uh, wrestling with Galatians. So if you would go to Galatians chapter 4, and we want to look at verse 21 through 31, and try to unpack this in a meaningful way. It reads like this, tell me, you who desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondwoman, the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born according to the flesh, and he of the free woman through the promise, which things are symbolic. For these two are the two covenants, the one from Mount Sinai, which gives birth to bondage, which is Hagar. For this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to Jerusalem, which is now is and is in bondage with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free, which is the mother of us all. For it is written, rejoice, O barren, you who do not bear, break forth and shout, you who are not in labor. For the desolate has many more children than she who has a husband. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are children of promise. But he who was born according to the flesh then persecuted him who was born according to the spirit. Even so it is now. Nevertheless, what does the scriptures say? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, 
For the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brothers and sisters, we are not children of slavery, but of freedom. I want to preach for just a few moments. Freedom only Jesus can bring. Freedom only Jesus can bring. The Apostle Paul is addressing his sisters and brothers in Galatia who have been dealing with a group of false teachers known as the Judaizers. The Judaizers were Jews who had infiltrated the Gentile church at Galatia. They poisoned the teachings of Paul and the doctrinal well with the belief that salvation is not real unless a man gets circumcised. I heard a whole lot of oomphs. Circumcision was a sign of covenant with Abraham. Circumcision was a sign that a male was considered to be Jewish. And circumcision was a sign that you belong to God. The Judaizers were basically saying that one had to become a Jew in order to obtain salvation. They were requiring a mixture of Torah rituals, legalism, and Jewish religion to earn salvation. Paul talks about a story of Sarah, Abraham, and Hagar who moved in a way to try to bring the will of God into reality. God had told Abraham he was going to be the father of many nations in Genesis chapter 12. But this promise was given to Abraham and Sarah as they are up in age. Abraham was 75 years old. Sarah was 65 years old. They had an Egyptian slave named Hagar who became embedded in this story. The saga, beloved, of this strange triangle starts off in Genesis 15. God gives a vision to Abraham that he's going to be the father of many nations. Genesis 16, Sarah and Abraham have yet to conceive a child. Sarah, Sarah, Sarah concocts a plan with Abraham to impregnate her slave, Hagar. Hagar gets pregnant. Hagar starts picking on Sarah because Sarah is barren. Sarah then blames Abraham. I'm trying to let this marinate for a moment. Sarah blames Abraham for the craziness she's catching from Hagar, even though it was. Thank you. Help me preach this thing. (laughs) Even though it was her idea. And then Sarah flips on Hagar. Hagar runs away. God tells Hagar, go back to Sarah, have your child, name your child Ishmael because it means the Lord sees you. 
In Genesis chapter 17, Abraham and Sarah gets their name changed. Abram becomes Abraham, father of many nations. Sarai becomes Sarah. Abraham is told by God how he, again, going to be the father of many nations. And Abraham is told by God to circumcise every male in his household, both free and slave. God tells Abraham that Sarah is going to have a son and to call him Isaac. Isaac means laughter because Sarah cracked up when she heard that she was going to be a mother at her age. God tells Abraham that Ishmael is going to be blessed. He's going to be a great nation. But the covenant, the promise will come through Isaac. In Genesis chapter 18, Sarah gets word that she's going to have a baby, not at 65, but at 90. Amen. Wow. In Genesis chapter 21, Sarah gives birth to Isaac. When Isaac is weaned, Abraham throws a party for Isaac. Ishmael makes fun of his baby half-brother. Sarah basically said, I've had enough of Hagar and Ishmael. She tells Abraham, get them out the house. Abraham, to his chagrin, sends them on their way with some bread and enough water to last for a little while and sends them into the wilderness. But hallelujah, God meets them in the wilderness and tells Hagar and Ishmael, I got you. Now, as disturbing and as crazy as this story is, the Bible really is a book of life and living. The Bible will rival many of our modern-day soap operas like Young and the Restless and the Bold and the Beautiful. It will rival our nightly dramas. It will rival our Netflix bin watches. This is one of them, but if you go beneath the surface, here's what you're going to discover. Ishmael is a child of the flesh. Because Abraham, Sarah, and Hagar were trying to do something that God did not tell them to do. Isaac is the child of promise because it required a supernatural, miraculous move of God in order to come into fruition. So this backdrop that I've given you is a historical yet metaphorical foundation for this sermon. As true as this story is in Israel's history, Paul lifts it to help the Galatians understand how they fit into the larger plot of God's movement in human history. As these Judaizers were trying to convince the men that they had to get circumcised in order to get saved, Paul takes this story and flips it and gives it a new interpretation. Paul wants them to understand you can't add anything to salvation and unfortunately the same thing is happening in our churches today in today's culture we tend to do the same thing when it comes to understanding what it means to be saved there are those who think you got to get your act together that you got to clean yourself up 
that you got to stop doing certain things or you got to shift your behavior in order to get saved and give Jesus Christ your life. You think you got to stop a whole lot of stuff in order to have a relationship with God. I am here to let you know that is not how it works. There is a profound difference between getting saved and living holy. There's a difference between salvation and sanctification. Here it is. You can't live holy until you get saved. But if you're really saved, you want to live holy. It is called sanctification. And we in the church have made salvation harder than what God ever intended for it to be. Salvation is not based upon our works. Salvation is not based upon our looks. Salvation is based upon our faith in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And by the grace of God, God says you can have a relationship with me. Now, I know I'm getting ready to say something that's going to make some folks look at me odd. But salvation is not in our church attendance, our Bible reading, our public prayers, our public offering, our good works, our water baptism, our kind words, our demonstrative praise, and our ecstatic worship. You and I are saved because we've said yes to Jesus. You and I are saved because we have placed our total confidence in Jesus as Lord and Savior. As Lord, Jesus has the right to tell me how to live my life. As my Savior, he has saved me from eternal damnation and from the penalty and power of sin. You and I are saved because we have opened our minds, our hearts, and our spirits to the movement of God to direct us in our lives. You and I are saved because we have made it known publicly through our confession and water baptism that Jesus is the ruler of our lives. And when we get saved, the Holy Spirit brings a freedom to our lives not to do whatever we feel like doing, not to live a boundary-free existence, not to partake in lawlessness, but rather the freedom Jesus brings is for us to embrace the spiritual discipline known as sanctification through the process of discipleship to get better than we were the day before. That when you and I are free in Jesus, we are to be living a little bit better every day prior to before. Here's what I'm trying to help you to understand. Every day with Jesus ought to be sweeter than the day before. Sanctification, beloved, does not mean we are sinless, but it means we ought to be sinning less. Somebody catch that on the way home. It is the understanding how you and I should be growing in our daily walk with God. This does not happen before you say yes to Jesus. The freedom only Jesus can bring when properly understood and applied has the propensity, the potential, and the power to liberate us not to sin more but to become more like Jesus because we learn more from trying and falling down than we do from getting it right time after time again. 
In other words, you and I get closer to God when we realize we can't do for God what God has already done for us. I'm going to bless somebody in just a moment. You and I get closer to God when we realize that God loves us despite our weaknesses, our frailties, our faults, our sins, our shortcomings, our mistakes, our mishaps, our mess up. All right. Maybe I'm the only person in here that really understand this. I am so glad that my salvation ain't contingent upon what I have done me cleaning myself up. I am glad my salvation is predicated upon the fact that God did for me what I could not do for myself. The Bible says for while we were yet sinners. Somebody knows the Bible in here that while we were yet sinners, Jesus died for us. <laughs> and that's good news. So how can we embrace the freedom that Jesus brings to our life? I got two things I want to share with you and then I'm done. Here it is. First of all, real freedom occurs when we flow in God's will and appreciate God's timing. <laughs> and it's right there in verses 21 through 27. Paul questions the Galatians as if they really wanted to be under the law. Do, do you really want to try to keep 616 plus laws? Because you do know if you break one law, you've broken the entire law. All right, let me talk to the side. It, 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 if you break one commandment, you've broken all, 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 all right, let me talk to myself. If, if, if you break one piece of the law, then you have corrupted the whole law. And so do you really want to be under the law? And Paul is saying, no, you really don't want to do that because your salvation ain't connected to you cutting something off your skin. Y'all catch that on the way home. Do, do you really want to be under the law or do you really want to be under grace? Paul unpacks how Abraham had two sons mentioned in Old Testament antiquity, Ishmael and Isaac. Ishmael is the product of Abraham and Sarah trying to do things their way rather than waiting on God to do things God's way. They, they were trying to rush the process and rush God's timing. But back then and under ancient circumstances and customs, the status of the mother affected the status of the child, which meant that if the mama is free, then the child is free. If the mama is enslaved, then the child is enslaved. And even though God had told both Hagar and Ishmael that Hagar and Abraham that Ishmael is going to be blessed, Ishmael, according to the custom, is really a slave while Isaac will be born free. I'm going somewhere with this. God tells Abraham, I'm going to take care of Ishmael. I'm going to make sure he's good. He's going to be a great nation. But the covenant, the promise that I got for you, Abraham, ain't connected to Ishmael. It is connected to Isaac and Sarah. I'm going somewhere with this. Abraham and Sarah had to deal with drama they created with Hagar because they did things their way and rush the process rather than wait on the Lord and trust the process. Isaiah was correct 
when he said, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They, they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. David was right when he said, wait on the Lord and be of good courage and he shall strengthen that heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Let's be honest, St. Paul and visitors. If some of us are honest, we have tried to do those things that only God could bring to pass. There are those who have to testify how we did not trust God's timing, how we did not like God's timing, how we wanted to do things our way rather than wait on the Lord and place our faith in God. Don't get it twisted. We are expected to do what we can. Then we have to trust God to fill in the gaps. God did not tell Abraham or Sarah to use Hagar to give them a child. And for some of us, God did not tell you to do some of the things that you've done, to say some of the things that you've said, to go some places you have gone, to connect with certain people or to marry that person. It wasn't God's will, but God permitted it because God does not make us to be dangling robots and God will leave you to the consequences of your choices. Here, beloved, is the crux of the matter. When you make moves according to your flesh, your emotions, your feelings, your mood, your intuition, your gut, there are times you will find yourself in a hot mess. Sometimes you will marry the wrong person. Sometimes you'll have sex with the wrong person. Sometimes you'll give money to the wrong person. Sometimes you'll go in business with the wrong person. Sometimes you'll share secrets with the wrong person. And you will find yourself in a trick bag. Am I talking to anybody that have to admit, I've done some things that the Lord did not want me to do. But I believe I got six and I made seven that will admit that when you let the Lord have his way, that when you flow in God's will and God's way, it does not mean you're just supposed to sit on your laurels and do nothing. If God told Abraham that he and Sarai were going to have a child, the least that Abraham could have done was to have some lamb chops and lentils ready, have some candles burning in the background, and Luther Vandross playing to set the mood. In other words, beloved, do what you can and leave the rest unto the Lord. Do thy duty that is best and leave unto the Lord the rest. In other words, put in an application and trust God. Pay off your debts and trust God. Open a book and study and trust God. Make another phone call and trust God. Send the text and trust God. Write the email and trust God. Go get that degree and trust God. Sow a seed and trust God. In other words, don't don't sit on your laurels and do nothing. Do something to show to God that you are willing to trust him and you want him to fill in the gap. And here's the shout for somebody right now. God wants to show us there are only some things that only God can do. It is called a miracle. Do I have anybody in 
you here know God still works miracles? A miracle ain't nothing but a supernatural move of God. And how many of us know there's some things beyond your bank account, your education, your political connections, or who you know. There are some things, ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost pushing me. There's some things mama and daddy can't fix. There's some things the pastor can't handle. There's some things the deacons can't deal with. There are some things that only God can do. And if God does not do it, trust me, it will not, cannot, and shall not get done. Oh, I feel like hollering right now. Isaac was a miracle because only God could have made Isaac come under those barren situations. How many of y'all know that you are where you are? You have what you have and you feel what you feel because God did it. I need some folks that ain't afraid to give God praise. Here's my shout right now. Sarah was barren, but Isaac was born. God. You didn't have the credit, but you got the house. God. You were in trouble with the law, but you're now free. God. You didn't have money. You didn't have scholarship. You didn't even have pilgrims, but you got a degree. God. You were sick, but you're still here. God. You should have been dead, sleeping in your grave, but you're still alive. God. Do I have anybody in the house that know if it had not been? I feel like hollering up in here. I'm going to holler the hell out of a demon in this place right now. If it had not been for the Lord on our side, do I have anybody that would help me to give God praise? Ain't no telling where you would be right now, but hallelujah, he looked beyond your fault. And he sees your need. One more thing. One more thing. One more thing I need to drop and I'm done. I'm done. Finally, freedom occurs when you know who you really are. Um, freedom occurs when you know your real identity. Verse 28 through 31. Paul tells us this is, I'm using this story as an allegory, as a metaphor, as a symbol to help you to know who you are. He flips the metaphor on his head. Paul tells Galatians, who are not Jewish, who are not circumcised, how they are children of the promise. <laughs> because they've experienced a miracle known as a supernatural birth called being born again. I declare one day y'all gonna learn how to shout on doctrine. So let me say it again. Let me say it again. Your salvation, my salvation is a miracle Boy, I, I really wish, I really wish, I really wish instead of us shouting on cash, clothes, cars, and commodities that we would shout on the mere fact that God saved us from the guttermost to the uttermost, that we were on a Learjet with some gasoline pajamas on on our way to hell and God rescued us and gave us another chance. 
supernatural new birth known as salvation. Paul says, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm being allegorical. I'm being metaphorical. So I'm going to do just like Paul did in the text. I want to do a metaphor, an allegory, a symbol right now. The culture is Hagar. The world is Hagar. And let me tell you right now, the culture will enslave you. The world will corrupt you. The world will jack up your understanding of God and the word of God. The culture will tell you everything is relative. Do what you like. When you like, with whom you like, for as long as you like. Ain't no rules to play by. You can do whatever you want to. You can claim whatever God you want to claim. No, speak your truth. Live your truth. Do how you feel like living. I'm here to tell you right now that the God I serve said, it ain't going to work like that if you're going to be in relationship with me. The problem with too many of us, even in the church, is that we have connected our identity to the culture when you're defined by what you do rather than who you be. In other words, in other words, many of us are known by our titles, our critics, our cliques, and our clubs rather than by our Christ. Too many of us are known by what we do rather than to whom we are connected. And I'm here to let you know, I'd rather be known for being a follower of Jesus Christ than anything else in the culture. This is, beloved, how messed up we are in the church. When you get saved for real, for real, for real, it's going to change your identity. In other words, you're going to be born again. And when you get saved, you get a brand new identity. The reason Christianity gives us true freedom is because it depends not on our action or activity, but on God's initiative and God's unchanging promise. God's initiative is spelled out in John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. God's unchanging promises are connected to the Old Testament references and New Testament convictions. And I'm here to remind you, my brother and my sister, that when you get saved for real, for real, when you acknowledge Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, you got some promises that you can give God praise for. You got the promise of being the head and not the the tail. You got the promise that the first shall be last and the last shall be first. You got the promise no weapon formed against you shall prosper. You got the promise that by his stripes you can claim your healing. You got the promise if God be for you, he's more than the world against you. You got the promise all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and who are the called according to his purposes. You got the promise you're more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ who loves you. You got the promise the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes came upon me, they stumbled and they fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing 
that I desire of the Lord that I'll seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple for in the time of trouble he shall hide me in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me he shall set my foot upon a rock you got the promise the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want he makes me to lie down in green pastures he leads me beside the still waters he restores my soul he leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake yeah though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil for thou art with me thy rod and thy staff they comfort me thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies thou anointest my head with oil and my cup runneth over surely St. Paul somebody ought to give God a surely praise I said surely Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of our lives, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Do I have anybody in here that know you got some promises that you can go to bat on? You got some promises you can stand on. And do I have anybody that know that God ain't no shortened in his word? If God said it, that settles it. I believe it, and I'm going to run with it, and I'm going to take it to the bank and cash it and watch God make the bank back. Ah, uh, ah, uh, Paul, I'm, 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 I'm almost done. Paul, Paul wants the Galatians to find their spiritual identity is in Jesus and not Judaizers. Paul wants them to understand they are descendants of Abraham because they are in Christ. Paul wants them to understand that now that you are in Christ, the righteousness of Christ is now credited to your account, which means that our true identity means we are justified in Jesus. Boy, you're made right in Jesus. You're changed in Jesus. Our identity ain't based on the culture, but it's based in Christ. I thank God that our identity ain't predicated upon flesh marks or what we wear or what we drive or where we live. After all of this, after getting a brand new start, after getting saved, after getting a new foundation, church folks still trying to act like the culture. Saved, but still trying to act like them. You know who God is, but you're still trying to act like them. Come to church every Sunday. But you're still trying to act like them. Lifting up holy hands, but you're still trying to act like them. You're trying to fit in with people of mass destruction who are going nowhere fast. But Paul tells us, don't be conformed to the ways of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your identity. My identity. Our identity should be known more so by Christ we trust. Rather than the clubs, organizations, race, social status, schools, human relationships, fraternity or sorority to which we are connected. Because here it is, those things can't save you. Here it is, those things don't save you and they don't make you right with God. I'm done. I'm done. I'm a black man. I'm an African American. But that does not make me right with God. I'm the son of Dorothy Newsom and the late Robert Glenn Funches. But that does not make me right with God. I'm the husband of Pierre and the father of Charis. 
But that does not make me right with God. 